This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. If you are new to our church or new to just, just the church in general, let me just kind of catch you up to speed on the series that we're in. We're in a series called Crushed. Everybody say Crushed. Now, uh, Crushed really comes, the genesis of this comes from Psalm 34, 18. Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and He saves those who are crushed in spirit. If you don't know what crushed in spirit looks like, that's anybody without air conditioning, okay? So God, God comes to those who are brokenhearted. Personally, I've been holding on to this verse for kids that are separated from their parents right now, and I've been declaring this verse over them and believing for those three-year-olds, four-year-olds, and five-year-olds, God comes close to the brokenhearted and for anybody that is crushed in spirit. So we've been going through Old Testament stories, Old Testament, old school, old. Now, if you're new to church, the Bible is, is in two halves, Old Testament, New Testament. We are in the era of the New Testament, which is really just the Jesus era. So our era is filled with grace, salvation, Jesus, forgiveness. Let's just clap our hands and thank God. Anybody thankful today? You live on this side. Anybody thankful for Jesus today? Okay. But the Old Testament, these old stories are there for warnings, examples, for us to look at miracles, what God can do. So I want to look at an old story today. And today's story is really out of the book of Exodus about a man named Moses. Now Moses is a massive figure in the Bible. Moses is mentioned just in the Old Testament alone 767 times. In the New Testament, Moses is mentioned 79 times. So Moses is massive to our faith. He's just a, he's a hero in the faith. In fact, Exodus, really, Moses, we're going to read about it. Moses is used by God. In fact, Moses is a prophet, a deliverer. He's a lawgiver. Moses is used by God to take God's chosen people, the Israelites, out of captivity and into freedom. It's an exodus away from over 400 years of slavery. Over 400 years of being captive by the Egyptians, the Hebrews or the Israelites have been under their rule, under their oppressive regime, and God is going to use Moses to lead his people out. Now you got to understand, when, when God meets Moses and says, I'm going to use you, Moses is like, God, you got the wrong guy. I do not want to be used by God. Moses comes up with five, now you got to understand, when God speaks to Moses for the first time, he's 80 years old. The first 40 years of Moses' life, actually Moses' name means drawn from water. Because when he was born, he was born as a Hebrew boy, an Israelite. He was born, and at this time, Pharaoh the king, he put out a, a word. He said, any Hebrew that has a firstborn, we're going to kill them all. Moses' parents knew that, so when he was born, they put him in a basket in the water. And in that water, this is you can't make this stuff up, Pharaoh's daughter gets Moses and says, I'll name him Moses because he was drawn from water. He grows up in Pharaoh's house. When favor hits your life, it will take you places you never dreamed of. Somebody say Beyonce. Got him. Okay, so first 40 years he grows up in, in Pharaoh's house. As it, he's a Hebrew boy. So the next 40 years, he's, he's out in the wilderness. He's got a father-in-law named Jethro. He's, all kinds of stuff happens there. But at 80 years old, through a burning bush, God speaks to Moses and says, Moses, 
I'm going to use you to go back to Egypt and you set your people, my people, free from slavery. Moses is like, no thanks. I'm good. Nah. In fact, he comes up with five excuses of why God shouldn't use him. Let me just show you on the screen what Moses says to God. He says, God, who am I? Like, I'm not important. I'm not from a, a big family. Number two, he says, what shall I ask? Like, what do I even say to Pharaoh? What do I go back and say? Uh, suppose they will not believe me. Like, what if I go and I say this and they don't believe what I have to say? What about I'm slow of speech and slow of tongue? I just love this one because some of us think that we can't, be used by God in powerful ways and we can't fulfill what's on our life because we have a blemish or an issue or something wrong with us. If, if you could do it, it wouldn't be God. God always calls you to things that are so much bigger, so much greater that everybody in your world knows surely that's God because I know you and you can't solve that yourself. So if you got an issue, welcome to the club. My jeans are too tight and I'm still used by God. Okay? So he's like, I stutter. God's like, so what? It'll prove that I'm God, you're not. I grew up in a home where my dad used to always say, he said, Chad, we already have a hero. We don't need another one. Our hero's name is Jesus. So he's saying, I don't care if you stutter. I don't care. I use ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Okay, number five, please send whoever else you may send. In other words, Moses is like, no, you, after all these excuses, send somebody else. I'm the wrong guy. God says, nope. It's you, you're going back to Egypt, and you're going to speak to Pharaoh, and you're going to deliver my people. God said, most goes, well, how, how are they going to believe me? He says, tell them that I am sent you. I am who I am. God is referring to his name. He's saying, when you go talk to Pharaoh, tell him you're speaking on behalf of I am. Why would God call, there's all kinds of names for God in the Bible. Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Tainitsaku, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah, Jehovah Shalom. Don't make me just flex my knowledge right now, okay? That's about as far as it goes. But um, anyways, so, so he says, I am. Watch why God says this. I love this thought. Watch this. He says, I, I am, the definition. The fuller form of the name by rendered, I am who I am, I will be who I will be, or even I cause to be what is. This is God's response is not a name that makes God an object of definition or limitation. Rather, it is an affirmation that God is always subject, always free to be, and act as God wills. So he says, you just tell him, I am who I am sent you. In other words, I'm, I can't be boxed into a name. I can't be boxed into limitation. Tell him you're speaking on behalf of I am. Now, simultaneously, as God is calling Moses to go set these people free, God is simultaneously doing another work in another man. Let's read our text for today. It says this in Exodus chapter 7. It says, but I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and though I multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt, Pharaoh will not listen to you. Then I will lay my hand on Egypt and bring my host, my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great acts of judgment. How is it that God could call Moses to do something great and simultaneously put a problem in his path? And at the same time, Moses delivered my people. God hardened Pharaoh's heart and put a problem in Moses' way. I want to talk to you, and you can write down the title of today's message. I want to preach a message today, when your problem won't go away. What, what will you do? How will you handle when you're crushed 
because your problem is an immovable object. Your problem will not move and it will not go away. I want to give you faith today for your problem and faith today for your future. Does that sound good? Come on, let's bow our heads and let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you so much. Thank you for these moments that we can gather and be strengthened and be encouraged. We are so grateful for your son. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for acceptance. Thank you for loving us and giving us life. We are mindful today that you are for us and not against us. We love you so much. We worship you and we thank you for all the things you're doing in our life that we cannot see yet. We say yes and amen. And God, we thank you that you've answered our prayers, that LeBron James did sign a contract with the Lakers. Now we're asking for a ring in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, come on, let's put our hands together, Zoe. Come on. Come on, we prayed LeBron in, didn't we? Prayer works. Now we're asking for a ring. Okay. Um, by show of hands, have you um, in your life, have you ever had a problem? Just a problem. Let me just see your hand, okay? You had an issue, a problem. If you don't have your hand raised, you're a liar. Um, we all have problems. You ever have a problem that can't, it won't go away? Like just for what, like for example, at our house, we have called Spectrum three times. They cannot fix our Wi-Fi. This problem will not go away. It's just the worst. When you have an issue, you have a problem, and it, you can't move that. The other day, my, my wife and I, we took all of our kids. We got a lot of them now. We have four kids, so we went out to breakfast. We were at this brunch spot. We're on the patio, and the sun was shining so bright. Julia said, babe, can you move the umbrella over so that our kids can be in the shade and our, our little Clivey doesn't get sunburned? I was like, oh. Move the umbrella for sure. Easy. Absolutely. So I, some of these umbrellas are easy to move. Others of them are not easy to move. So I go over the umbrella and I start just, you know, just seeing what we're working with. So I kind of just touch the thing. Like, oh, okay, it's a sturdy one, huh? And, um, and I try to move it. It won't move. And I'm like, I kind of low-key panic because I know what's coming. I'm married to a woman that's stronger than me. I'm married to a woman that I know that if I confess I can't move it, she's going to come over. She'll move it herself. Shout out to her night. She can, so I'm like, ah, I gotta move this thing. Oh God! So I'm like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm just trying as hard as I can. I cannot, I cannot budge this thing. I don't. I, like I'm looking around for other workers because the last thing I want to do is admit to my wife I cannot move this thing. Well, I want, I want to talk today around the reality that sometimes you can't move your problems. You can't push your problems aside. And the thing about problems is sometimes you can't go over them. You can't go under them. You can't go around them. So you have to go through them. I want to just show you today, sometimes God loves you so much, he puts problems in your path to shape your future. In fact, write down number one today. I love this thought. Your problem is serving you. Maybe you didn't realize that, but your problem, like God did this. God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Why? Because he knew this is going to do more in Moses than it is Pharaoh. Moses has such a huge future. Moses is going to have to lead the people through the Red Sea. He's going to have to literally see manna fall. He's going to have to receive the Ten Commandments. There's such a huge future in Moses' case. And God said, I've got to literally shape who you are, shape your destiny, and this problem is going to make you dependent upon me. This problem is going to make you pray. This problem is going to make you on your knees. So actually, this problem is going to... You ever notice how your problem serves you more than you serve it? you really look at your problem well, this problem is causing you to be humble. This problem is causing you to be broken. This, this problem is causing you to have a dependency on God. I, my first five and a half years of being a youth pastor is in East L.A. Bought those locals forever, homes. In the barrio, carna. 
I don't even know what that means. And, and my first five and a half years in poverty-stricken areas, that there is a need for God. Like, we need protection. We need provision. We need God. When you become successful and you have wealth, you, you don't need anybody but yourself. God is teaching Moses how to be dependent upon him, how to turn to him and cry to him and look to him. You ever notice how your problem keeps you in prayer? Your problem keeps you seeking God. And every time we pray in the services, you raise your hand because you have a problem. That's a good thing. God is shaping you. He's molding you. He's, he's, he's seeing the future he has for you. Remember in life, you got to become who you're supposed to become so you can do what you're supposed to do. This is about Moses becoming. This is shaping Moses. This is, this. is I'm telling you, God put Pharaoh and hardened his heart because he's showing Moses how big God is and how little Moses is. Watch here in Exodus chapter 8. Watch as it comes on the screen. Moses is having to depend. He's having to cry out onto God. Watch what it says here in Exodus 8 verse 12. So Moses and Aaron went out from Pharaoh, and Moses cried out to the Lord about the frogs as he had agreed with Pharaoh. He cried out to God. Problems give us the ability to cry out to God. God, I have, I need money. I've got sickness. I've got an addiction. My kids have gone wayward. I need you, God. I'm telling you, your problem is serving you. It is helping you. It is shaping you. A lot of us want to live no problems. I don't want to have any issues. That's okay. You can want that life, but that's just not how life works. Like every time I come do a birthday, every time I come do a new year, you know, someone shoots you, it's going to be the best year of your life. I, every year's awesome, and every year's hard. Do you ever notice that? Every year's the best year, and every year is filled with tears and disappointments and setbacks and heartaches and some struggle. That's just life. And usually God puts problems in your life, God-ordained problems, and they shape you. They'll serve you. Somebody say amen. Come on, we can clap and thank God for loving us enough to put some obstacles in our way that are going to make us depend upon him. Write down number two. Your problem, it is bigger than you, but it's smaller than God. I just, I love this. This is a reality. Your problem, you know how it's, we know it's bigger than you. It's bigger than you because if it wasn't, you'd solve it. If it wasn't bigger than you, you'd pay it off. It's bigger than you, but come on, church, it's smaller than God. I, I wonder, you should just stop telling God how big your problem is. Start telling your problem how big your God is. Say, problem, you don't understand. I serve the God that splits Red Seas. I serve the God that keeps people safe in the midst of the lion's dens. Come on, somebody, somebody thank God today. Nothing you're going through is bigger than God. God is above it all. God is above cancer. God is above poverty. God is above divorce. God is above depression. There's nothing you're going through. It's bigger than you. It's smaller than God. That thing has to bow to the name of Jesus. That thing has to succumb to the name of Jesus. It might be daunting. It might be huge. But I'm telling you today, it's smaller than God. God has everything. God is more powerful. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and all that is within it. He has all the dominion. He has all the authority. I'm just thankful today that no problem I'm facing is bigger than my God. I, I remember when we first moved to, to Los Angeles, when we first moved here. Um, I, we moved from Seattle to L.A., and I got rid of my car in Seattle when I moved here. The first eight months, I didn't have a car. I didn't have a car, and every day I'd write down in my prayer journal, God, I need you to give me a car. Financially, this is where we're at. 
I need you, Jesus, I need you to give me a car. Every day I'm writing it down. I'm taking an Uber all over the place. You ever get into an Uber angry? Am I preaching to anybody's pain today? they 20 minutes late. They, their car stinks. It's not vacuumed. Just get, I'm just angry. Trying to build a church angry. It's not going to work. I'm just upset. God, I need a car. 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 About eight months in, this pastor from Rancho Cucamonga. What a name. Where are you from? Rancho. Rancho what? Cucamonga. This pastor from Rancho Cucamonga texted me. He said, hey, his dad's a senior pastor. Hey, God spoke to my dad this morning and the Holy Spirit told him to buy you a car here's two websites pick out anything you want I drove with them to the dealership I watched them write a check in full for that car to become ours paid in full your problem it may be bigger than you but I'm telling you today, it's not bigger than your God. Anybody today have faith that in one moment, God can write the check. One moment, God can heal your body. You ought to just thank God today. He's bigger. He's greater. He's stronger. He has all the authority in your life. Nothing's bigger than God. What are you going through today that's nothing's bigger than God? This Pharaoh is a problem. This Pharaoh is an issue. God can take him out if he wants to. No, he lets him be there. It's bigger, it's bigger than Moses. It's bigger than us, but it's not big. In fact, God proves how big he is. Watch this. I love this story right here. Exodus, go to verse uh, chapter 14. Sorry, sorry, Ch chapter 7, verse 8. It says, then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, when Pharaoh says to you, Pharaoh's going to say this, prove yourselves by working a miracle. Then you shall say to Aaron, Aaron, take your staff, cast it down before Pharaoh, that it may become a serpent. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did just as the Lord commanded. Aaron cast down his staff before Pharaoh and his servants, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh summoned the wise men and the sorcerers, and they, the magicians of Egypt, also did the same by their secret arts. For each man cast down his staff, and they became serpents. But Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. Still Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he would not listen to them. Did you notice what happened? Aaron threw down his staff, it became a serpent. Pharaoh and these guys threw down all their staffs, they got serpents, and it says Aaron's swallowed up all theirs. I'm telling you, your problem may be bigger than you, but it's not bigger than your God. God can swallow it whole in one foul swoop. He has all the authority in your life. God is stronger. God is bigger. God is better. You should start trusting him, looking to him, saying, God, you have the answer. I may have a stuttering problem. I may be insufficient. I may be weak, but you are strong. You are perfect. You are in control. You are awesome, God. It's turning to God. God, this is the problem I'm in, but I'm looking to you. So all of a sudden, the Bible says they go through these plagues. This is crazy. If you never read the Bible, this stuff's crazy. And, uh, and they go through 10 plagues. It's insane. If you never read the Bible, check this out. I'm going to put a list up on the screen. This stuff happened. God sent 10 plagues every time Pharaoh hardened his heart after each plague. Watch what happened. They have water turned to blood, frogs, gnats, flies, death of livestock because of no AC, boils, fiery hail, locusts, darkness, death of all firstborn people and animals. After the 10th plague, Moses finally says, you guys get out of here. You guys leave. So Moses is like, I cannot believe this. Pharaoh's going to let us go. This is the exodus we've been praying for. My problem's going to go away. So he gets the people. The Bible says there's over 600,000 men, not counting women and children. So they gather all the men, the women, and children. They've been in bondage for 400 years. It actually says the day they leave Egypt is on the anniversary of the day of their slavery. 
when they lead, the Bible says, you ever be in church and you see you're next to somebody and they kind of do like a little holy hop? Like in my head, they're like, hey, <laughs> I can't do none of the little dances. But they're doing some dances, right? I can't do none of them. So they're, they're so, the Bible says, they leave, they're out. It worked. Moses is like, oh my, 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 my gosh. Like he just, he cannot believe it. They are, got him in the front row. They leave, they leave slavery. They leave Egypt. They're out. In the, they're, Moses is like, my problem is gone. This is amazing. God, thank you so much. My problem's gone. This is the thing about problems, though. Problems come and problems go. Sometimes problems reappear. Write down number three today. Your problem may come and it may go. The thing about problems is that just when you think you've kicked that addiction, just when you think you forgave that somebody, just when you think that one thing is over, somehow that problem reappears and all of a sudden you got to face it again. That's why I respect people in our community that, ha that are celebrating sobriety. People that are in the AA program that have kicked that thing, whether it be one year or eight years or ten years. Because they always tell you the same thing. Come on, let's make some noise for people like Ryan right here in the front row. Over one year sober in Jesus' name. Hashtag legend. They'll always tell you they're one drink, they're one hit away from falling right back into that old life. Because problems have this way, temptations have this way of reappearing, coming back. Oh, I'm past that season. I passed that test. I'm way good. All of a sudden, wham, you got to face it again. All of a sudden, boom, there's that temptation. There's that issue again. God, how come I thought I kicked that thing? I thought I'm over that thing. Why is this reap? This happens to Moses. This happens to Moses when Pharaoh, who let them go, Pharaoh hears that they're not that far off. So Pharaoh's like, I know I let them go, but let's hunt these suckers down. Watch here in Exodus 14. Watch as it comes on the screen. And watch what Pharaoh says in verses 1 through 3. Uh, 1 through 4. Then the Lord said to Moses, tell the people of Israel to turn back and encamp in front of Fahinamahin. Between Magdal and the sea, in front of Behezim Sephon. You shall, y'all stop laughing at me. You shall encamp facing it by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the people of Israel, they are wandering in the land. The wilderness has shut them in, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart again, and he will pursue them, and I will get the glory over Pharaoh and his host, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. Wait, God, I thought we were done. We got out of this thing. You're going to harden his heart again? Sometimes your problem may come back, but I want to encourage you today. The same grace and the same strength God gave you the first time, he can give it to you the second time. Come on, we are dependent upon the power of the Holy Spirit to get us through every obstacle. We can't go over it. We can't go under it. We can't go around it, so we're going to go through it. We have faith that God's going to lead us. God's going to help us. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells within us. So it's like, God, I could, if I had to face this thing before, I got faith to face it again. Don't be intimidated by your problems because if God was faithful before in your life, he'll be faithful again in Jesus' name. So watch this. You, you can't make this stuff up. Moses is out. He's good. He thinks they're in the clear. And all of a sudden, God hardens Pharaoh's heart again, and they come chasing the Israelites down again. They, they start chasing them down again, and they have come to the edge of the Red Sea. When they come to the edge of the Red Sea, the free people, the Israelites, are so angry at Moses. Like they are real, they're like, for real, you let us out here to die? You should have let us die in Egypt, man. What's wrong with you? So now Moses, the great leader of God, 
Pharaoh hates him and his own people hate him. And he's probably saying to God, God, I told you, you chose the wrong guy. Write down number four today. Your, your problems, they will push you to the limits, but God is faithful. Your problems will push you to the limits. They will make you feel crazy. They will make you feel like maddening. They will make you feel like are you y'all are ungrateful. You don't even know my struggle. You don't even know the pain in my platform. You don't know the test in my moaning. That's all gospel choir stuff right there. Your, your problems will push you to the limits, but watch, God is faithful. These Egyptians, they start going crazy on Moses. Moses, you're the worst. You're the worst leader. We, we can't stand you. We're upset at you. Watch, in fact, this, this is the last scripture I want to read to you. Watch this. Exodus 14, 11 through 14. They said to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us bringing us out of Egypt? Is this not what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians who you see today, you shall never see again. If you never read the Bible, you can't make this stuff up, man. They're standing here, Moses, what are we going to do, God? God literally splits a Red Sea. The Bible says God's people, they walk in between one curtain of water, another curtain of water, on dry ground. All of a sudden, they're standing on the cliff. Here comes Pharaoh and the Egyptians. They're going to try and get them. And the Bible says that when they get on the dry ground, they're watching this happen. And the Egyptians, they come through and they think, well, if the Israelites got through, we can get through. So they're about halfway through in the water. And then all of a sudden, God closes the water in on them and all the Egyptians are washed away. Now you got to understand something. The Old Testament, it's a foreshadow. The Old Testament, it's a typecast. It's showing us what's going to happen in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, the problem didn't go away until they were washed in the Red Sea. In the New Testament, your problem won't go away until it's washed in the blood of the Lamb. Come on, somebody thank God today that Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, we overcome our problem by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Somebody thank God today that we can declare the blood of Jesus over every issue, over every problem. Come on, are you grateful today that Jesus is more powerful? I don't know what needs to be washed away today, but you tell addiction to get washed. You tell poverty to get washed. You tell unforgiveness to get washed. Whatever problem you're going through, you just declare you're going to get washed in the blood of Jesus. The Bible says though our sins may be as crimson, Jesus can wash it as white as snow. Somebody clap and thank God today for how awesome he is. Come on, let's pray together. Jesus, we... Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you were inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.